you primitive screwheads listen up i got news for you pal you ain't leading but two things right now jack and shit jack left town well hello mr fancy pants in my office and I heard a rock. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore?
Jay Neko. We're to episode 128 of the Hordes of Chaos on the Metal Tavern Radio podcast. What? Yeah. Keep pumping them out like puppies or kittens or whatever. How are you? Okay. <laughs> she didn't know how to respond. I didn't. <laughs> Granted, I'm two beers in already, so that's part of my issue. Yeah, he's like the... I was starting at noon and she's like looking at me like, are you fucking insane? Well, I was working because, you know, some of us have to work around here. That's why I get mine over with in the middle of the week. Beginning of the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lots to get to today. Uh, we'll be giving our review of the Acro Cats who we went to see last night, which the was a lot of fun. The amazing Acro Cats. The amazing uh, a couple, actually three different movie reviews. We obviously have our retro DVD movie vault pick that Neko had. So that's and that's pretty interesting. I found some information about that, which is kind of interesting, but we'll get to that later. Uh, I swapped out one review for another one because you and I discussed the movie we'd watched earlier in the week probably needs a second viewing <laughs> before we t- try to dive into oh, it. yeah. So we'll come back to that yeah. next week. Uh, so we watched something else last night that we will talk about, the Suicide Squad. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Jolt as well. Um, a lot of great new music to get to, obviously. Uh, some classic material in there. Neko has her pick of the week, which I really love, so I'm happy about that. Uh, just a lot to get to. Uh, oh, for those listening, next episode we will have we will be visited by not visited personally but on the phone. Edgar Allan Poe will be joining us. We'll be visited by spirits. Spirits. Mm-hmm. The spirit will. The spirit. You like that movie? No. <laughs> you saw what happened when uh, you made me. Uh, ooh, uh, mm, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah, you. Yeah, but we love our Harvey Specter anyway. So we do. And I find that there's a lot of people, even on the Broncos forum, that actually love that show. So it's always good to see people enjoying the show, at least. You know, what they did with Suits and they did with Spirit. But either way, uh, still a lot of fun. Uh, okay, so we'll we'll break into our first block here. Um, I'm going to kick off some brand new stuff by Mordred. And this is an interesting band because I didn't really pay much attention to them back in the late 80s and early 90s. It just wasn't a band that really crossed my path, but I knew a little bit about them. Weirdly enough, though, they were one of those bands that mixed metal with funk and rap a little bit, but you didn't really hear anybody talk about them because, you know, obviously at the time you had more like Faith No More, Anthrax, doing stuff with Public Enemy, plus their own kind of rap stuff uh, and on the On Demand EP. So... No one really talked much about Mordred, but they were kind of well-respected at the time for what they were doing. So they do have a new record out, and this track I pulled is called All Eyes on the Prize, and we'll be back in a few. Commoners. Kings, queens, and presidents all. Once the world comes to the inevitable and inescapable conclusion, and once I introduce them to the machine that will bind us all across this great nation, I will be known for the rest of time as a captain.
it, there's a gun on you, son, on you now Try it, I'm not having it, I won't allow it Tired, are you tired of living as well? Fire stoking, glowing, cold, fearing hell
Hey everyone, this is Blake from Pig Destroyer, Hate Beak, and Zealot R.I.P. And you are listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko at Metal Tavern Radio. Get into it now. DJ Neko is clearly taking a break right now, but uh, we'll go ahead and talk about the uh, one of the movie reviews. Uh, so, if you haven't checked it out by now, on Amazon Prime, there's a movie uh, called Jolt uh, by Kate Beckinsale, and uh, it's not getting much praise to critics right now, but. Uh, I went in with low expectations, and it seemed to be pretty good. I didn't have any problems. It was actually better than I thought it would be. And uh, although it's not much like the Underworld stuff, Beckinsale still has a keen eye and ability to do the action flicks and whatnot. So, and now Neko showed up. I, I I was trying to hurry. I was I was taking a phone call. I'm sorry. She's always busy. See, Anubis gets neglected here. You know what I'm saying? Well, I was trying to say that. I was like, hey, um, it's a, we're getting ready to have dinner, and we're getting ready to do something, and we're getting ready to do the podcast and listen to music. Is it cool if I call you back? Well, to be fair, when I was having a bad day, which surprised me. It took my mom, like, two days to call me. I, I texted her, like, saying I was having a really bad day, and... You know, like I was having a bad work week and yeah. I was like regretting things and no response, nothing. Chirp, chirp. <laughs> so then she calls me back last night when we were going out. Right. And I'm like, well, we're going out tonight. And then she calls me, she like calls, bitch eats lunch at, and dinner like at four. They're, they're senior citizens now so they're they go out and they're done and she's telling me about the fucking hummingbirds fighting on on the front porch like these <laughs> these are the important conversations <laughs> those are the important news bits mm-hmm. of the day right there but i did have to tell her about my aunt because she didn't even know so that's why i took well, a second. clearly your aunt's not dying so i don't no 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 but i just don't like that nobody said anything to anyone uh, did Janet or anybody say anything to anybody? No, my mom said that she tried to call her and she was, they were very busy having dinner at Costa's and my mom didn't hear the phone ring and then she tried to call my aunt back and yeah. anyway, let's talk about Jolt. This yeah, is- so basically, uh, Beckinsale plays Lindy, uh, who grows up having a she's sort of a special needs but not in the way you would think it is she has an issue where she can't control her emotions and her anger and outbursts so they try different things as she's growing up because she's having real struggles and sometimes i can kind of understand how she feels like you know just in life when you're walking out in our in our street in our neighborhoods and seeing people the way they act you just you really want to go and just punch them in the face well it was it, it kind of like well a little bit reminded me of Michael Douglas that movie Falling Down like yeah. the day that he just snaps right. and he just starts beating the shit out he, like he has no more fucks to give right that, yeah but she can't really really control it so she's tried like meditation yoga uh, boot camp that, that thing that um well we'll the, get to that okay. but like 
you know, they put her in the military thinking that she just needs a way to get it out. But, like, once she starts pummeling on people, <laughs> she can't stop. So she ends up beating up her uh, my sergeant. Fa- my favorite the- part, though, was when she was, like, imagining Stanley Tucci, like, stabbing him in the head. And he's like, you're imagining killing me. How this time? <laughs> Yeah, he, he already knew what she was thinking, but he was trying to figure out how she was doing it. Because she, she just, sometimes she'll think it before she does it in terms of, like, what she wants to do. But Tucci is also her psychiatrist, so to speak. And he's has this beta device that he uses for her. It's called, it gives her a shock. So whenever she's having these thoughts or these feelings, she presses this button and she's hooked up to these electrodes in this harness and underneath her clothes so basically when she gets these like very angry outbursts which you know she kind of sounds like Neko sometimes when she's talking but she's like I just I don't like being around people <laughs> so see my problem <laughs> my problem is well it kind of is like hers I just keep it in for right. so long that when I do like one small thing will will set me off and I go nuclear over something like... Well, and that's the thing. Like, she does the things that we kind of wish we could. So, one example is she goes on a blind date. The waitress is being a total cunt to this dude she's there with on the date. And so, she goes to the bathroom to kind of calm down. Doesn't realize that the waitress had gone in one of the stalls and was calling one of her buddies to tell him how much of a douche or like the coward the the guy was because the guy was being polite and trying to find something to eat which they didn't have but she was just basically mocking him in public and so anyway she's in the stall talking all this shit and finally uh lindy just like kicks open the door and knocks her pretty much out and then leaves her to be i think she beat her up a little bit too mm-hmm. but, but yeah so she just kind of like leaves the restaurant after that because she knows that she went too far with that i don't think the woman even saw who it was but that was the thing like she just didn't like the way this woman was treating her her date and anyway so the movie starts plotting along like she decides like the blind date didn't go very well but she's willing to give it another shot so she you know gets a hold of the guy uh they go back out and have a good time they get along she's finally finding this connection with this guy so then they plan their third date and before she's waiting around for him to call to call and never does and then finds out that she gets a call well she tries calling him and the police pick up and they tell her that he's been shot and killed so now she's like pissed off again and you know oh my god yeah that's right yeah so she wants to find out who the killer is and what the police are doing about it and uh there is uh outside of beckinsale the other and Tushi, there's one other familiar face. Is one of the detectives is Laverne Cox, if you remember Orange is the New Black. Uh, she was in that. She's one of the cops in this movie here. But uh, without giving up too much away, because it is kind of a newer movie, uh, eventually she tracks down who it was that killed the guy. But there's some twists here and there that you're going to see when you watch it. And. You know, critics don't really like it that much. I was reading a little bit of uh, Roger Ebert's review. He only gave it a couple stars out of five, but uh, I, I thought it was like a nine out of ten. I don't know if I'm going to say it's the greatest ever, but I really enjoyed it. I thought she, it was it was kind of funny because you know Begasil made her I don't know if you call it ailment or her 
her issue kind of funny in a way because she was just sarcastic every time people would piss her off mm -hmm. or annoy her. Uh, she's in the one scene on the subway where she's just trying to sit there and this guy next to her is like spreading his legs trying to like either trying to find a way to hit on her or just being a complete dick and she like punches him in the face. <laughs> you know, so again, it's one of those things like you can kind of understand where she's coming from just from a, a logical standpoint. Like, you know, you'd want to do that to somebody even though you probably wouldn't do that. She can't help it. She does does it. Uh, so it's someone may I think someone mentioned one time in the movie that maybe she was like had Tourette's. It's not that, but it's almost that way where she just can't control it. It happens. So, uh, but she's because of all the military background and everything, she's got these certain set of skills, uh, <laughs> like like Neeson from Taken. Okay, you know? Taken. Yeah. So, you know, obviously if she goes to hunt down these killers, she can handle herself and kick ass, and the anger helps a lot. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's a, it's an okay movie. Um, they do call it, like, a dark comedy in some ways. Uh, so, it's it's interesting enough. I know some people didn't like it. I thought it was pretty good for what it was. Yeah, it wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't the most interesting or best movie I've nah, ever seen. No, you're not seeing anything new. I mean, like I said, the movie has twists uh, within it, but uh, it's not going to break any ground. Like, the script isn't anything special. It's not the Departed or anything like that. Uh, but it's not meant to be. It's just really kind of just... But I do have to say that Beckinsale looked great. Oh, like, yeah. amazingly great. In fact, she's blonde in this, which is... She looks beautiful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like, I almost like it more than the, the darker hair. Yeah, she looks amazing, and... And she's, you know, fuck, I mean, Underworld shit came out in early 2000s, and I don't know how old she is now, but she still looks amazing. And let's it find, let's it, ask the internet. It doesn't look fake, you know, it doesn't look like plastic surgery or anything of that nature. So, I mean... She's 48. Yeah, so she looks great, and... Better than me, Christ. <laughs> yeah, we we can't really write home about that too much. All right, well that was pretty simple for that one. We were gonna sorry. Do, we were gonna do the other uh, topic, but you were tied up on the phone. I so know. I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm the worst hostess. That's fine. Things to do. I know. I'm also dealing with a new new tray. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's mouthy now, teething. So it. if you hear me and I'm like chewing like shit. chewing something, or it sounds like I'm like extra lisping, which I am right this second. I uh, I have Invisalign and I'm put a new tray in today, and it's like slicing my face open from the inside. Do you want to say quickly, uh, Kevin Tarrant, you know, liked our last podcast and made some comments. He was very nice about it, so he really loved it and loves what we do. Appreciate the good comments, Kevin. Oh, thank you, Kevin. We love that you can tune in and check it out and anyone else who enjoys the podcast. So on the next uh, block of music I got here, I got some new stuff from Asylum, which features, ironically, the drummer from Asinax, who also played with Persecution Complex, who he doesn't play with through anymore because he wants to concentrate on the other band. Uh, so that's very cool. I think his name was Cody, I believe. Uh, but uh, also new Royal Infanticide and brand new Ingested kicking it all off, which I love this band so much. It was one of the first t-shirts I got. <laughs> uh, so here they are with uh, Manifesting Obscenity Ingested.
come get it. Get lit. Yeah, and John too. <laughs> talk about some cats. This was probably the most important night of my entire life, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we were talking about it, how, you know, we love Joe Bob, obviously. But we love cats more. <laughs> but as far as, like, entertainment purposes, like, we could be happily at home just playing with cats. And so I we went to the Patterson, which is now a gallery to see the acro cats with samantha martin who we learned all this through the netflix series cat people which it's was the amazing acro cats yes we get that uh and so we got to see firsthand how this all works and i think it's kind of cool because they're there for like the entire week so they're started there a couple days ago and then they'll be there till monday i think so we get in there and First thing we see, they have a little cage with a couple of kittens there that were up for adoption. And I'm naming them already. I'm like, I want them. <laughs> we're petting them. You were holding one for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're very uh, cute cats. Um, one was a calico. The other one was just like, kind of like an orange tabby type uh, cat. And that's part of their mission. Like, all of these cats that um, Samantha has adopted... Are, are rescues and she gets calls from different you know all of the cats have a story like um you know one and now they're you know they're trained cats touring and one of the cats like was in a cooler and they were babies and she had one cat that was only like two days old and it was like beyond being bottle fed they didn't even know if it was gonna make it so what i found interesting because we learned this in um the netflix series and she touched on it a little bit but she's she was an animal trainer and she's like i wonder why nobody ever like tries to train cats and then she's like and then i learned why because cats all we saw can can be trained she explained like and and demonstrated their whole um you know their training regimen and it's actually really interesting because um they have these little marks which look like little pieces of carpet or bean bags that they put down on the ground they open up their carriers they got the clicker training they walk you know they they're taught to go right over to their mark and sit and um i'm sure those cats got how many treats like because that's what they do they help reward them to you know yeah and I, the thing is like we watch this in action and it's like they are very well trained like it's amazing like look they're cats and you know for cats that are generally independent and even the samantha and the rest of the crew that were working they were like you know this they might just walk, wander off and right. they do they sometimes do. they do and you know because they're checking shit out and it's what cats do but the thing was like we don't get to see how this starts with these cats how they train because i'm sure it takes hours to get them to do these certain things but once it's done they are very receptive like uh you know you'll have one person on the left side of samantha on the right side you know as the cats are done doing their tricks those people on the right and left they're like clicking their things and throwing in a piece of treat to the carrier where they run back in and they've, jump in. they've kind of trained them to know that when you blow the whistle mm -hmm. that it's time to go back to your carrier and they they'll 
literally, oh, whistle time to go back to my yeah, carrier. Yeah, because they know they're going to get a treat, and that's the thing. Like, one of the cats we saw, Buggles, uh, is one of the older ones there. Uh, didn't have to do a whole lot. He did jump. She climbed up. and she jumped to a really tall perch. Yeah, and that's pretty and much where she stayed for a she while. She sat. But she she would let the the person know she needs a treat because like as everything else is going on, she's still sitting up there and she's like, Meow. and she'd like like pat at her every right. now and then, yep. and then they'd put a treat up there. But she was just chilling. And um, what really cracked me up though was. Uh, <laughs> was Jags like they she's I guess that cat is about maybe 10 and she's had her for a long time and Jax is a favorite because she does whatever she wants to but the one thing that she usually does is she sits on this skull and I I think what kind of happened with this little skull was it was a Halloween decoration that Samantha had bought for around the house and Jax decided it was her skull after that so yeah for whatever reason Jax has kind of made that just one of her things like it belongs to her mm -hmm. and when the skull is out she sits on the skull well she, Samantha was saying you know when we play and we train you know like doing the climbing and jumping and doing the little like ball tosses and stuff Jax knows how to do all of it but she never will perform. She just wants to sit on her And seat. then, like, we were there. There's this, you know, they had these two pylons with these poles where they would get the cats to push a ball across them occasionally. And, you know, they had rats run up on them. The rats were really cute, too. Uh, but they had this other thing, which was more, it was another platform they put on across the two pillars that had these little steps. And they were using them for, um, who was the middle one? That was sitting there for a while. Sookie was what, up was there for Sookie? a while. Okay, that was Sookie. And then the other two were jumping over her. Was it was it the um twins? Yeah. The the boy twins or, or um the tuna twins? I think it was the boy twins. The, the boy twins. Yeah, the orange ones. They're so funny because they just like, they're like a fucking disaster. They... But this other platform, like uh, Samantha had mentioned it, that... As we said, Jax was kind of doing her own thing, but she got up there and was running up and down there. She's like, she's never done that. She's like, she, she, she she's never done that oh. trick, but she was doing it. She was just back and forth and jumping over stuff. So, but you know, that that's sort of what's cool about it is Samantha makes, make, she gives you information about each cat, and like Jax is the one that she kind of pushes as far as like you know, Jax has her own Instagram, her own Twitter. Uh, There's a Facebook. couple of them that do. Right, but that's the thing. She's like, Jax is the one that's merch. You know, she tries to make it look like Jax is just all about her. Uh, but and then, then Sookie you... goes shopping. Right. Sookie's cool. Uh, Oz plays the sax and the rock cats. Um, Do we see Pudge? I don't mm -mm, think we no, saw those Pudge. are the retired ones. Like, okay. Oh, yeah, have... I see. Because she, her... she has a very, very big, like, um, almost like a farm. There's Dixie, Dixie, there. Dixie, and she was all over the place too. It's the little tuxedos. There's Tuna. Albacore Tuna. Oh, Bowie was the, Bowie. Fun, the drummer. Mm -hmm. Or uh, Bowie. He, Bowie. They changed him to Bowie. Bowie. Uh, Albacore Tuna and Ahi, Ahi Tuna. Tuna. Those two, the two white ones, were ridiculous. Like, especially when it came to the uh, uh, the cowbell cow and the bells. Like they had the yeah. little, they had these oh, yeah, little the bell. ding bells. And they'd be like, ding, ding, and they're like, meow, ding, ding. They're, yeah, they're, they're really good with it. Like, they, you know, they didn't always hit the mark, but most of the time they did. And... Well, the um, the tunas, because they look so similar, 
they, she uses them in tandem, and they have been in commercials for Blue Buffalo um, cat food, and also are on one of the Blue Buffalo cat labels, and they're 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 just pure white. One of them has blue eyes. The other one has like um like green eyes. I think like we did see Buffy eyes. there. Mm -hmm. Buffy was there. Allie was there. Allie was there. Rue, there it is. Saint Claude, Claude and Rue. The two uh the two orange tabbies. They were twins. And, and those two were just insane. They were so funny and just ah. Uh. Yeah, they couldn't get there because they had their, they showed a picture right now with them in the little round uh so while the one is like pushing the little two the other, the other one's, one's running, through, running through it but they never got it right like, like one just... would do one and then he'd <laughs> go through after it's the same with the little car like you know one was supposed to be in the up and where the driver's seat was and the other one was supposed to push him but like one would leave and then like all of a sudden after the driver would leave the other one would push the car <laughs> and then one time the person who's supposed to be the passenger was there and um I it was an I think it was Sookie who ran over and started pushing yeah. the the cart. Now Sookie, she played the little chimes. Uh, so good. Yeah, yeah. They call it an airhead. I don't believe that. She's my favorite. Obviously, she looks a lot like. She looks Audrey. like Audrey. But she, you know, you would just do these little clawing uh, impressions at her while she's sitting on the stool, and she and would jump it. up and hit the chimes to go with. And then meow because she needs a treat. Yeah, that's all about a treat. Which one? Um, was the designated petting cat we had a designated uh she was really pretty she was a cal calico. calico yeah was it molly i'm trying to think new was there um yeah i, I don't know was it buffy or it was one of the or calicos was it was it Allie? it wasn't Allie. it was one of the it was a calico she well, was, this looks like she might be a calico no she got a little bit of calico markings. Maybe it was. I don't know. But we um the thing that I really respect about her. There may not be a picture in here, so I don't know. Wait. Annie. It was Annie. Annie, Annie the helper. Because Annie um she didn't really do a lot of tricks. She was just cute. Yeah. But well, they had a young one, Mickey. Oh my he was god, pretty good. he was little too. Maybe six months. Yep. Maybe. But man, he was anxious. And she said like she had the. Her her mission isn't just like training these cats. It's advocacy for training cats in a meaningful way through positive reinforcement and rescuing. And she does that through her show because some of these cats, she's like, you know, they're all rescue failures. She just, you know, you kind of fall in love with certain cats. And that's her way of like exercising the cats and playing with the cats is teaching them how to do tricks and it's pretty ingenious actually. and it's and it's there's nothing wrong with like teaching them to do tricks for treats like i mean you play with cats with the, the teaser and the laser pointers and stuff it's like why not teach them how to do tricks on the documentary the cat people show on netflix they show her her farm in georgia and she has this giant screened in she calls it her, the catio where they have beds and like um little walkways you know what i'm talking about how you can go up and over and the one thing like that really samantha actually survived cancer too mm -hmm. and then but she never gave up on her animals and she's really had a, like a, a little bit of a hard time um they have this really big beautiful bus 
and gotta pay for the maintenance well this this is what happened to her um yeah somebody had promised to redo the inside of it no that was that was all they weren't supposed to do that so the bus needed a little bit of work and somebody that she knew and trusted said okay i'll take care of it for you and this is during covid so like they weren't traveling or doing tours or anything and of course not a lot of money was happening you know it's it's mainly she's running a non-profit basically and taking care of these animals so she kept trying to reach out to this person with their bus and this is literally it looks like a tour bus it looks like a mm-hmm. rock star's tour bus and the interior they had um like kitten central and what they do they literally do bring kittens to try to get them adopted at every city where they go and people were filling out oh, paperwork yes. as we were leaving so that's you know that's what you want because people need to take interest in this and they have um like bunk beds for the cats like they're enclosed obviously but they have like areas for all of the animals a, a bedroom for her um and then it was custom wrapped and you know that was like thirty, fifty thousand dollars to get this custom wrap job with the amazing acro cats well when they got the bus back nothing was fixed they destroyed the inside of the bus where all of the like it's just an empty shell the wrap was taken off and i we saw that they got the bus up and running because you saw the bus was out in front of the patterson Mm -hmm. but i don't think they have it to where they they have it running like they have it physically running and like mechanically and it's working but all the custom things that they did so that they were able to take all of the animals in a nice comfortable way is gone so she had to deal with that they had to deal with not being able to tour for a really long time because of covid and this is all right after she went through cancer yeah and they they put a lot of effort in everything like you have the bus but then like they have this little car that the other ones ride in and it's all decked out with the stickers and actually has, like has a little big, cat on top. Yeah, big white cat on top of it. Uh, so they they definitely are professional about it. Everything they've got going on with the one of my favorite things. You know, we brought up the whole like pushing the bell and the, the cowbell. They have this little thing that was again it was the the uh, tuna and the other one. Uh, it's uh, it's a little applause sign that lights up when you hit the button. And oh, and Tuna was going to town yeah. with that. And that and it was just the same thing, kind of like the beginning. They had like this small microphone. It wasn't real, but they had one of the cats walk up to it. There's like something in behind it in the they dish. They put like they put like um, some making lick or whatever, mm-hmm. kind of like what they did with the trumpet with. Oh uh, god, Buggles. that was hysterical. So it, you know the cat walks Buggles. up at the beginning, and then uh, they have like of course it's. Uh, piece of uh narration on a mic or something somewhere and the cat supposedly acting like he's telling you what's gonna happen but it's, it's really cute how to go about it they're really smart they, oh my uh, god they had a chicken yep the Cluck chicken norris the chicken was good the two rats you know. i can't believe they got the they, they just have two rats and they got them to do a little trick and they listened and the chicken though when they were doing the band the chicken plays the tambourine and the cymbals and it's funny because the tambourine has this mark on it from where the chicken has has like pecked it 
so much. <laughs> and then remember when they were doing the competition with with ringing the bell and, oh, yeah. and the chickens like ringing the bell, like pluck, <laughs> like clucking and and mm -hmm. pecking at it. And and I think Tuna was getting annoyed with with dinging the bell. She's like, yeah, no. Yeah, that, that's the thing. We you know we had various we had various cats wander into the audience, and you know. The only probably negative, and I, I know I think I know why they do it, is we you're not allowed to pet the cats at the end. We had a meet and greet. We paid for all that. Could take pictures. It wasn't a big deal with you that. You could go up to the cat. You could take pictures. You could take pictures next to the cat. Took picture with Neko and uh, was it Buggles? Buggles. Uh, you could pet Annie. That was what she was there for. And obviously, but I think part of it is they don't want the cats to get too associated with other people. They want to be able to keep them focused on who people who work with them so i think that's why they don't allow people to, to touch them or it could be covid related if you if you because cats can get infected with it so uh ultimately it was really nice i would like to hug the shit out of sookie and the rest of them but we were trying we were trying to like get up to sookie and, and scratch right. her but we we didn't but they were the thing is at the end they do like the rock cats and you know mm -hmm. they all play different instruments and i think what they were trying to do that's why they had annie as the designated petting cat annie was not doing any tricks right she was just sitting on a stool i think because they had so many props around also if the cats got too distracted or scared around too many people yeah and they they didn't want them to get hurt because i mean like they have a trumpet they mm -hmm. had the saxophone. They had um, the cat playing a little piano. Yeah, the cute. little pi that was really good too. He was like, -lee 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 -lee. <laughs> and um, like he was just like chasing her hand. She'd go like up and down, and he'd chase her. And he um, a little guitar, the drums. I think there, and, and they sat there after the show at their instruments. And I think that was like part of it is they just didn't want to. Like, yeah, I got some good pictures of that. That was the you know the band. It was just the most. I I like there were many times I was just tearing up. I was like, this is the best thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. And yeah, you might not think much of it, but really for people that if you're cat people or animals and you love them, like these are the kind of things that we really like. Uh, not just because they're able to do this kind of incredible stuff, but because they're a, saving these animals. It has a mission, yeah. yeah. So it was it was a load of fun. I would totally go see them again. I'm glad they came through Baltimore. That's really awesome. They weren't that far from us, and you know was, we made a night of it. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get back into some music. Well, what do we got coming up? Got some new stuff from Underdark and Vulture Lord, but uh, got some brand new Netherbird, and I discovered his band back in 2013 with the Ferocious Tides of Fate. Uh, symphonic melodic black metal from Sweden. Sweden. Yep, and they have a brand new record called Arete, I believe that's how you pronounce it. And this track is called Void Dancer, and we'll be back. Void Dancer.
for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. 
Stalfers is located at A328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stalfers is professional, friendly, and has highly qualified mechanics who do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you would find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent ya. Cat's gonna blow us the fuck out of here. Oh my god. DJ Nubis. DJ Neko. <laughs> Trying to survive the cat taking a dump. The cat's ass. Wow. Jesus Christ. Oof. I mean, thankfully she's using the box, but. Oh, that was, that's the funny thing. I don't even know if they can hear me all the way over here. Oh, they can. Okay. That's the funny thing with her. She's really old. I mean, like 18, 19. But for the longest time she would not like she would get close to the box yeah she was just so then we started like really accommodating her so we bought this oh my god she got Jesus up the steps too yeah so anyway we got a new type of litter and Neko was actually out but she read about it and ordered it and I gave it a shot and I was quite surprised that uh Miss Kitty was gonna use it. She like loves it now, so that's that's a good thing. And then we bought her this litter box that's like super low, low to the ground. She has she, bad joints. Cause she's you know she has arthritis. She's like an old person. Yeah. And she likes this litter box, but the problem because it's so fucking low to the ground is she gets out and kicks litter and shit everywhere. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, she doesn't like just step out. She like flies out she like yeah and she, when she takes a shit it's not like but you know i've read that cats will do that because sometimes they're excited when they do a doogie oh so. yeah yeah <laughs> i read that too that's it's like I a read. celebration hey a, 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 like look at me Woo! <laughs> so we're gonna get into our rock block here we also obviously got neko's pick of the week got some new stuff from ison ingve malmstein the strange seeds psychic hit we're going to kick it off, though, with some stuff from the Metalist PR. Uh, it's called a band called Sidewinder, and this is called Walk of Ishii.
life in the fast lane? Do you have the need for speed? Well, if you're a racing fan and want to be part of a winning team, then contact Carmichael Racing. Carmichael Racing is currently looking for sponsors for the upcoming champion flat card season. You can be a part of a long tradition of racing as Paul and Rhea L. race to the finish line at Mardella Speedway at Diamond Head Arena in Gilbert, PA, March 13th through the 15th, 2020. They will also be racing at Hunterstown Speedway and Capital City Speedway in Ashland, Virginia. Racing runs deep in the blood at Carmichael Racing, and they are looking to gain sponsors for a new upcoming season. If interested, you can contact them at 443-202-3016. That's 443-202-3016. You can also find them on Facebook at SRChamp36. Carmichael Racing. Together you can soar as the engines roar.
brand new Ingve Malmsteen, Relentless Fury, from his latest release. Ingve Malmsteen. Yeah. So, we are back. It's time for Neko's Pick of the Week, and we actually have been thinking about this one for a while. Yeah, and it's, you know, I always have some kind of story or whatever. There's no story. It's just well, there fucking... is, kind of. Okay, uh, well, tell me. Not so much with these guys, but if we think back to the early 2000s, uh, a band quartet came out by the name of Apocalyptica, mm-hmm. playing cello. They were doing covers of Metallica and stuff like that. They kind of kicked off this like new type of uh, playing with like you know non-traditional instruments as far as like creating their music. And these two guys, uh, they're called two set two cellos, and uh, you know they're doing similar stuff to Apocalyptic, but it's just those two. And uh, when I had a chance to see the video for this song... It was hysterical. Yeah, like, it was really well done. Uh, and they I, actually do concerts and stuff, Oh, so. yeah, I watched a live uh, version of this. Uh, phenomenal. Like, it was just amazing. Uh, they're really, really good. Uh, Sharp-looking dudes. Uh, girls probably go crazy for them. Sounds like you're going crazy for them. No, I'm not going crazy. They're just sharp-looking dudes. But wonderful players, uh, very funny as you. And very, very talented. Yeah. And dude, they like kill their bows by the end of this song. Well, it's funny because the video for this that they use, they use the traditional cellos, but in the live versions, they actually have more updated. Like it's like half of a cello. It's really cool. Uh, they're not as brutal on their bows as they are in the video, but I think it's because they're using traditional stuff in that to make it more appealing to the... Because they're doing this, like, what would you call it's it? Like, Renaissance Yeah, it's like very um, classic music, uh, Baroque style. Everybody's got the wigs, You're and right. it's very prim and proper. But as they're, like, you know, kicking off the song, it all starts out very nice and pleasant and... Because they start doing the women with their fans, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as shit starts progressing into a song that everyone pretty much is familiar with, some of the kids, some of the kids in the audience starts like getting energized, and their parents are like, "No, no, no, no!" It's that whole like you know, Elvis is bad for you type thing. You know, don't don't get crazy. This is not the Beatles. We're not doing this. But what I find so fascinating about two cellos is. You know, when you're saying, oh, I'm going to learn the cello, people are like, oh, that's nice. You know, it is a very intellectual and a very advanced instrument to learn. And you're thinking, oh, I'm just going to be playing, you know, orchestral style music. But you can really still be creative and, and push it to the limits. And that's the thing, when Apocalyptica started doing it, you know, I was so amazed that they were able to create these songs that we'd heard using guitars and bass and mm-hmm. drums and stuff. And, you know, it, it's almost like they're doing an acapella, but they're not. Like, it's just, it's really in that kind of vein where it's like you're taking a, again, non traditional instrument and you're like. No, a traditional instrument and playing it in a non traditional yeah, style. Right. And uh, it's just amazing, and these guys are no different. Like, and this song is wonderful, top to bottom. Uh, they have a lot of fun playing it live. They, the live version I saw, they were kind of doing the same mannerisms. Like at the end, the guy 
does the whole Angus Young on the bottom. Mm-hmm. He's running around. And... Well, I think, too, uh, when you said you were watching their concert, they probably have, like, the um, electric versions instead of the, you know, traditional cello. Probably. And, and he's, like I said, he's a very fancy-looking cellos. They and... might be a little bit more durable than right. your... Because, you, like, uh, Bose, they, they're, like... It's not like one like solid. It's like not one solid piece. Right. And even though, yeah, you have to put, put uh, I think, rosin on it and everything. Um, but we kind of saw that one time many years ago. I forget the band we were watching, but they had a violinist use an electric violin. Mm-hmm. And that's just the kind of thing that we're looking at with these guys with their cellos is... It's the same type of thing. It's very modern looking. It can handle the beating that they put on them. And they're very good. Very good. Very fast with their fingers and everything else. I actually watched this woman. Um, it's not really our style of music. It's more like bluegrassy country mountain. But she was a tap dancer and a violinist. So she's tap dancing like doing, you know, beats while she's playing, while she's playing the violin. Hmm. fucking amazing but you know again it's not like really our style of music but still really really you know when you do something like that and you can do both of those at the same time yeah fabulous so this week we decided that we were going to go a little different i wasn't just going to pick any old uh song i wanted to pick we were again this this has been kind of on my list for a while but what's perfect about it is it's one of my favorite songs it's one of my favorite bands and it's done in a different way that still rocks yeah so two cellos are going to be doing thunderstruck by acdc attention please Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, we will bring you on a journey like there's no tomorrow. And we will break new ground. Hailing from the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ladies and gentlemen, DJ Neko's pick of the week. Thank you. 
everyone, this is Blake from Pig Destroyer, Hate Beak, and Zealot R.I.P. And you are listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko at Metal Tavern Radio. Get into it now. DJ Nubis and DJ Neko. Talk a little bit about the Suicide Squad. Right. I did not even want to watch it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the problem right now for us with DC is that they haven't really been hitting on all cylinders, and obviously, I mean, you know, Wonder Woman, the first one, Aquaman, they had some pretty decent points, but then they weren't that bad. Uh, Wonder Woman '84 sucked. Um, so many uh, Batman versus Superman sucked. Justice League sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just so much bad out there. But we got James Gunn who did Guardians of the Galaxy, and he's worked pretty closely with Zack Snyder before. And he's also—I didn't really realize this—he uh, gave Lloyd Kaufman a cameo in Suicide Squad, what I didn't catch. So I had to probably watch that again to catch that. This makes so much sense. You said James Gunn did uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. That's why Sean Gunn's in Guardians yeah. and he's in... Now, Sean Gunn's in it for like 30 seconds. Yeah, he's, he's smaller roles. So and, uh, and I, which is fine, but, you know, for me, he will always be Kirk from Gilmore Girls. Right. But, uh, obviously... This one, this movie is far different than the first one. All the only, you do have two familiar characters. Boomerang is there early. And, of course, Harley Quinn, uh, Margot Robbie. So, you have those two from the carryover from the first film. Now, obviously, the first film, I think if we remember reading about it, like, they had gone with the serious tone at first but then after Deadpool got released they kind of started messing with things and it kind of fucked up the whole shebang Mm -hmm. so it didn't end up coming out the way that it really probably should have yeah I feel like this one however they I think they tried too hard yeah this one they just let it rip they said fuck it (laughs) basically which is good Uh, it was fucking gory as hell the you know kill scenes were insane. There's some good comedy, and John Cena actually did very well in this as uh, Peacemaker. Uh, Eldris Ilba is in this. My man. That's that was one of the only reasons I'm like, yeah, I guess I'll watch Blood it. Bloodsport. So Neko is happy about that. Uh, you know, it, it, it did a lot. Of, it was goofy. It was kind of all over the place, but that's what you wanted. Uh, you know it. Is the first movie like one of the complaints they said it was the first movie was they were doing all these introductions for the characters? I didn't think that was really a bad part because you wanted to kind of get to know who the bad guy or the villains were. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see that as a problem, especially you know when you had Will Smith as Deadshot trying out you know when they were testing him to see how good he was. I thought that was a good scene. Like I, I didn't have a problem with that. It was just what happened later, like you know with Enchantress and all the other stuff. Like you just. Seems like too much. I was say, too much is going on. Right. Um, oh, and the other guy uh, who plays Flag, he's like the soldier that came from the first. He was in the second film as well. Uh, but in this case, now the Suicide Squad basically is 
the premise here is uh, I can't remember the black lady's name. She's the one that's in charge of everything, and she's got this team that she's sent into this island. Uh, you know, I forgot they were trying. Oh, they were trying to find this place called uh, what was the name of that building? Shit. They, they were on the island of. Uh... Well, they were trying to find this facility that was something was going on. They needed to stop it, so she sent the team in. And it was a setup because one of the Suicide Squad members had been talking with someone on the mm -hmm. other side, and there's all these soldiers and shit. So there's like this big fight that breaks out. But the problem is, it was that was the distraction. That was the setup, basically, to sacrifice these guys. Mm -hmm. So then the other team with Bloodsport and King Shark, which is voiced by Sylvester Stallone. That's hysterical. Uh, and then you have like two or three other ones uh, there with them. We're on the other side of the island. They were going to sneak in. So uh, it was a whole ploy using Harley and company to go and, you know, try to distract the entire army, which it did work in a sense. But, it, you know, they, they captured Harley. They killed the rest of them. And then <laughs> the weasel, like, drowned before he even got there. But that's like a side story to him later. Uh, yeah, so, like, but it was brutal. Like, just, like, the one dude apparently was you know, in cahoots with the soldiers. Like, mm -hmm. he got shot in the face right away. It was just, it blew his face off. It was hilarious. Uh, they don't hold back at all. Uh, there is a point. I just found this point funny, uh, really, so it's kind of a giveaway a little bit, but... Uh-oh. Uh, when Harley's captured, one of the guys there who's, like, kind of leading this team, I, I don't I think he's, like, the, the town's president or something. I don't know, but he's, he's in charge of the armies and everything, and... He has this uh, romantic attraction to Harley. Like, he, he wants to rule the world, so to speak. They've got this secret weapon, and they got in this facility. And mm -hmm. He wants Harley, who's crazy enough, you know, to run it by him with him to be his wife. So, I don't know. They were kind of getting it on. They, they were they had this attraction for, attraction for one another, so they were getting it on while she was all dressed up and whatnot. And... And Neko made the comment like, oh, you like him now. Just wait until she kills you in your sleep. <laughs> so, uh... Alright, so the island was the Corto Maltese. Yeah. And what the hell was the name of that damn facility? Yeah. I forget the... It, was like, it almost looked like a... What do you call those? Nuclear reactor plants, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But uh, because they were running Project Starfish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you if you if you're doubting this movie, John Cena has some great quips in this, like the bag of dicks and everything else. The starfish is like another name for an asshole or some shit like that. Just just to catch those are brilliant. Uh, and there are twists, like there are things that happen in this film that you don't really expect right away, and that's kind of cool too. Uh, but back to Harley. Like, Jotunheim. That's it. Because that's, that's Sure, like, I should have remembered that too. It's like fucking Thor. Vikings, yeah. So, Harley marries, or is planning on marrying this dude that she just banged and whatnot, and but soon enough, like, she just this copy totally off guard, she just shot him. <laughs> he was talking about his master plan, he turns around boom. I know. And so, But that was, a, that was such a great point, because I was like, oh my god, Neko was like, prophetic she just knew that that was yeah. gonna happen because <laughs> then it's true harley harley actually goes on his rant about how 
she couldn't trust her feelings and that she was going to get burned eventually and she just couldn't handle that so she just killed the guy <laughs> uh didn't stop because like he was the son of like one of the soldiers or whatever or good friends or something like that and uh that guy ended up taking over the whole project but yeah it, it's got a lot of craziness in it we got polka dot man he's a very interesting character uh who was the rat the rat girl or whatever the rat, rat collector rat collector she's got this little device she can talk she's like the pied piper can talk to rats and she has one special rat that hangs with her and keeps trying to befriend uh blood sport Elvis character which he's got a phobia for but yeah he's he's afraid of rats and she's got that little teeny tiny rat with the backpack that's mm -hmm. her, her it's like her best friend yeah and it just it's really cool um it, it's a superhero or you know superhero movie you're not breaking new ground with this but it's fun and that's what you want because the first film kind of left all that behind they just fucked it all up too much I think I think there was, and I don't know how we'd get a hold of it, but remember after Guardians was released, they postponed the first Suicide Squad and re-edited it, or yeah. reshot things, or whatever they did, because it was supposed to come out, like, to battle with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I, I think... I'm trying to remember exactly which direction I go. I think it was meant to be darker than it was. And then when they saw Deadpool, it, they wanted to add in like, the comedic mm -hmm. parts of it. Now, in some ways, I get it because, you know, Har Margot Robbie's really good at Harley Quinn. So, like, when she does her little jokes or whatever, it works. Um, so I don't know how dark and serious they were really planning on getting with the first Suicide Squad. They didn't. They didn't even really get that serious with this one. No, so, this one was like completely like. I, I mean, it, there were some serious moments. It was know, this. But, this movie was like a comic book. That's the best way to put right, it. Right, and that's what you want. You had like a fucking giant kaiju. You had <laughs> lots of um, you know one-liners and mm -hmm. just a little bit of extra gratuitous violence. Yeah, and that's really all you needed. Uh, there's plenty of you know the the comedy was mixed in there with each character like Polka Dot Man's like man I hope we die or something like that and I was like good fucking grief <laughs> <laughs> I remember when he's like he's like every Polka Dot Man has a real problem with his mom because his mom was like a crazy mad scientist right so like everything I see is my mother and I, I literally would show you what he was seeing so like if, if he's there with the group, they all look like his mother. So I think towards the end, they're fighting the kaiju and like... Holy shit, it's Blood a Sports fucking like, kaiju! Dude, it's your mother. <laughs> he looks at it, sure enough, it's a giant version of his mom. So it, it's really fucking funny. Uh, things, like I said, there's some twists in there. Uh, you'll see if when you watch it. Like again, it's a little bit early to be giving too many spoilers away, but... Uh, really well done. Uh, James Gunn did a good job with this. Uh, but a lot of people kind of expected that. He has done pretty good work with the Guardians and some of the films he's worked on. So. And when we... You just blew my mind, though. Like, when I, we were talking about uh, James Gunn and Sean Gunn, you're like, God, I wonder if he's related to James Gunn because he's the actor. And yeah, I just didn't even really put it together really for a long time. I knew Sean Gunn's name, but... 
I hadn't really thought of it when James Gunn gets mentioned around a lot more, and I'm like, I wonder if they're related. And the brothers! Yeah, so that's definitely a little tie in there with those two. Um, and Sean Gunn's kind of funny. He has a knack for comedy, but that's usually the kind of roles he plays, so. Uh, definitely one of the funnier parts was at the beginning there's sort of like this Deadpool going on within the office where the head black lady and the rest of the crew who keep track of Viola Davis yeah so they're all passing making bets on who's gonna win who's gonna make it who's gonna die and so that's just kind of funny side moment there with that Uh, some of that turns around at the end uh, because I was kind of surprised how that played out with the head lady and whatnot yeah and i also kind of like you know how you were saying at the beginning and um they you know they immediately put them all together and and they're like okay you got to go do this and then you know we're expecting good results right yeah and then um oh my god and then you're seeing them like get ambushed and i'm like wow that's not at all what I expected. Yeah, I was kind of referring towards the end, like, you know, there's a point where Bloodsport (coughs) decides that he's not going to do what she wants, and of course, the setup is sort of the same as the first, like, they're all implanted with these, like, explosives, so in fact, it caught me off guard again at the beginning, Michael Rooker, who was kind of featured in the trailer and everything, Mm -hmm. he he goes out early (laughs) via the head explosion, so... Well, the head explosion was because he was running run away. away. That's what I'm saying. So, like, at the end, the group is supposed to, like, walk away from the kaiju destroying the shit out of the city. And then, of course, he changes his mind, Elba's character, Bloodsport. And the rest of the crew says, eh, you know what? Yeah, we're going to go with you. And then she gets all pissed off. He's like, you know, give me the buttons. And, uh, <laughs> then shit happens. But it, it's just kind of funny. Uh, but it was a really decent movie. It's a good watch. Uh, it's probably one of the better DC movies out there right now for me um, it's very hard to top Nolan's trilogy right now uh, but you know I don't think it ever will for you because it has your boyfriend in it well it's, they're just better made though they are like they're better stories they're just better you know everything like right now everything else is just so out of whack like DC can't keep you know they're constantly trying to reboot things and like they're redoing Batman again. Like I mean, I, I'm 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 intrigued about the Pattinson version of Batman because it's a whole different era or side. Mm-hmm. So that has my interest peaked. But like you've already done like a shit ton of Batman movies. Like why not work on better in Wonder Woman or you know one or, or no, like I don't know how Aquaman two is going to be, but they're working on that right now. But I don't know. They just need to work on better movies overall. Keep them consistent. Well, I think the problem, like, what we're seeing is Marvel has had this amazing plan for years. Like, they have these story arcs planned out. You know, not every single movie is as good as each other, but they know what they're setting up for. And DC doesn't seem to have any kind of direction. See, that's the thing with Marvel right now. People are kind of getting tired of Marvel with everything they're doing at the... You know the next phases, but to be honest with you, if you and I had not like let's you know let's say we stopped watching them for like three years mm-hmm. or four years, if we ever came back, that'd be a lot of fun because that'd be like a nonstop binge because there's just so much shit and it's all connected and I love it because 
you got people for the most part these characters are all playing the same the reactors are playing the same mm-hmm. characters you know the only side thing is we had Norton playing Hulk for one movie and then uh, Ruffalo. Ruffalo took over and I you know both were good but Ruffalo is much better as Banner uh, but outside that all the other actors are sticking with their characters and I like that a lot um, I don't know like I said I talked about a few episodes back that I thought Evans was going to try to come back as Captain America if he does I got a feeling it's going to be one of those side timeline things because you still have um, Falcon and Winter Soldier where they're kind of still debating with that whole Captain America and that as mm-hmm. well so it just depends. Um, but, you know, as long as they keep these... As long as the story writing's good, we enjoyed Loki a lot. So as long as the stories are good and the acting's top-notch, I don't think we're going to... You and I are going to have much problem with Marvel going down the road. Uh, we're very interested in uh, the Scarlet Witch stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so I, I don't really have much of a problem with any of that. So some people would find it a little bit too boring, but I think it just kind of is a little bit more in detail now than it was. So I'm kind of happy about that. Now we've heard that in Hawk, the Hawkeye movie, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is going to return as Kingpin. That's going to be fun. That's going to be great. That See, ties and, that, into and that's Daredevil the other thing stuff. too. Like, so we we always talk about, um, and this is something that DC is really trying to do. Like, Marvel isn't all just like Spider-Man and X-Men and these you know, mutants and and incredible superheroes with superpowers. I mean, it is, but, you know, you've got Daredevil and you've got a lot of these street-level superheroes and and supervillains that um, they all connect too. Mm -hmm. And they have good stories, and those are like the Punisher and all. Like, I still don't feel like that they've gotten the Punisher right, even in that show. I, I just wasn't even interested. I, 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 I like the show enough. Um, it's very hard for me because I like Warzone so much more than, and even after that, I like Dolph Lundgren's version of Punisher more. Mm-hmm. I like the movie. Uh, I do agree with you in the sense that if they're gonna do Punisher, man. They gotta fucking just kind of go all out again. Like, they, you know, they gotta let loose a little bit. Um, well, I also think, like, because the Punisher has, like, a million guns, I also feel like they're trying not to have a million guns in a movie. But, I mean... But he's that street-level guy. That's what I mean. About. Like, you want these street... Because they all connect, too. Because you've also got Jessica Jones and what's... Yeah, apparently, when I was discussing this with other people about Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that, they were telling me that... That wasn't necessarily part of the Marvel Universe, but I could have swore that in Jessica Jones, when we tried watching it, they did reference the New York events and stuff like that. They did, because she was with Luke Cage, and he is part of Daredevil, which is part where you have Kingpin, and Kingpin is also part of other parts of Marvel. Even in Spider-Man, you see Kingpin show up. So so. I I do think, yes, I do think they're kind of wrong for telling me that that's not, it may not be directly tied to all of it, but it does reference it and that's Mm -hmm. the thing. Uh, I did hear recently, I don't know how much truth to it is. Again, you talked about how they start bringing in other parts of the universe. Mm -hmm. The next Doctor Strange movie may introduce uh, X-Men characters, one namely maybe Wolverine because I saw Hugh Jackman's name pop up again. Mm-hmm. So that'd be cool. You know? That would be cool, yeah. So, and yeah, honestly, Kingpin was 
he made his first appearance in Spider-Man. So, like, you know, he's been in Spider-Man with Venom. He's been, um, I'm losing my train of thought, Daredevil. Yeah, Daredevil, he was, out of all those Netflix series, Daredevil was probably the best one. And they all, like, that's what I mean. Like, if you're going to really do these street-level, you know, I hate saying superhero, because the superheroes really are more like, uh, Captain America, but right. these street level crime fighting versus mafia bosses is its own little entity and it's not it, I feel like it's you know, it's not getting its due where like, what I really liked about the Suicide Squad is that's what they are. I mean, yeah, Captain Polkadot or whatever the hell his name was he has like, he was a weird science experiment they're literally, you know, they there's have so many characters that they can utilize, and that's one thing that people keep mentioning who are diehard comic fans. They're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, you could really go this route or this route," because there's so many of these characters. And I'm like, I, w- I couldn't tell you half of them. Like half of the ones in Suicide Squad, I just didn't even know about. Like, mm-hmm. Now, granted, I'm only really interested in the mains anyway. But like Elba, I didn't know about Bloodsport, but that's a cool character. Like, it's really cool. Uh, he's not far off from Deadshot or even Peacemaker because they they're all kind of similar in being good shots of what they're doing. But uh, certainly uh, interesting enough. I mean, got, as long as you got good actors, that's the other thing. See, I always had problems with some of the actors who were portraying the DC characters. I like Henry Cavill as The Witcher, which we'll be having a new season soon with that, which I'll be excited for. Yeah, you'll be watching that by yourself. He has the look of Superman, but he's just very bland as Superman, if that makes any sense. Uh, Ben Affleck, you know, I get it. He's like a more older version of Batman. You don't like old man Batman? No. uh, But I just, it's just not, you know, and again, my boyfriend, Christian Bale, is Mm -hmm. much better. But, you know, it just, it depends. Like, so far, DC has kind of missed on that mark with some of their castings, so... I didn't like Birds of Prey. I know you didn't either. You, didn't were, you were listening to it and didn't like mm-hmm. it. I wasn't and That's how bad that was. You didn't even have to see the fucking shit to know that you were like, this is trash. What are you watching? <laughs> wasn't even watching it. I'm Which is funny because I forget who. I know it was you and somebody else. We were talking about uh, if we recast Captain Marvel, they wanted Catherine Winnick from Vikings to do that. Uh, but I've also heard her name come up with uh, Black Canary. Which would have been cool shit. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it just it, sometimes your castings have to be kind of like on point to make it resonate with your audience. And Marvel's done a pretty good job with that. I mean, you and I didn't hate Captain Marvel. I thought it was okay. I, I don't have much history with this, so I can't really. Judge I didn't it. think it was terrible. It's not what everyone else was saying. Was I, I thought it was all right. But you heard a lot of shit about Black Panther, and I thought that was great too. So. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, anyway. Suicide Squad is good. Check it out. It's worth it. And we'll get back to some music here. Mm-hmm. Gonna kick it off brand new stuff from Loke Bostic. Galacticide. <laughs>
Everybody, this is Mr. Joshua Gray, your live gameplay DJ, live weekday mornings, every day, but hump day, playing Mortal Kombat or other games occasionally and featuring a number of different artists. So come on by, grab your breakfast, and enjoy some fatalities. Mr. Joshua Gray on YouTube, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 8 to noon to the moon. And you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. This is the Retro Movie Vault with your hosts DJ Anubis and DJ Neko only on Metal Tavern Radio. You haven't heard anybody say anything about either one of these. Oh. Well, what about these two? Well, they suck. These are the same two movies? You weren't paying any attention. No, I wasn't. 
I don't think your manager would appreciate it. I appreciate it. your ruse, ma'am. I beg your pardon? Your ruse. Your cunning attempt to trick me. Let's go. Come on. I'm feeling a little dizzy, Joe. Every single song. Dizzy? I think it might be from that funny yellow song drink Joe gave me last night. What was it called again? Marga... Margarita? You wouldn't. Try. Try me. Oh my god. So awesome. DJ Nimbus. And DJ Neko. Here with you. Our retro DVD movie vault pick. The Game Plan. Featuring Dwayne Rock Johnson. Rosalind Sanchez, Kyra Cedric, Cedric, excuse me, and Madison, I can't remember her last name, but she's the little girl. Awesome deal. Now, here's the interesting thing. Okay. Just for shit and giggles, I went to Rotten Tomatoes today to see, I'm fully expecting high marks on that movie. Both audience and critics bombed the fuck out Oh my out god, of it. this is one of our favorite movies I ever. Think critics gave it like a 29% and the audience gave it like a 43 I'm like, what the How the fuck? fuck do you do that to this movie? So, full disclosure, anything that's about football and dancing is going to make me really happy. And I think that's why I like this movie so much and I like Silver Linings Playbook so much. Like... Besides, you know, both are two completely different movies. They ha both have their funny moments, and they have great actors in it. But when when you can combine two of my favorite things, football and dancing, it's like... Well, we tried to remember when we were rewatching this, like, when was the first time we actually saw it. And I thought we probably just caught it on TV, because it wasn't something we sought out, and it wasn't something somebody recommended. Mm -hmm. We just happened to see it. And it's a Disney movie, so, I right. mean, it has... Yeah, and so, like, you're not always saying to yourself, oh, okay, it's Disney, so it's probably going to be kind of, you know, lame or not anything extravagant, but the reality with this is the acting is top-notch. We know, like, this article... I mean, like, The Rock was a football player, so it's not that far of a departure for him, and right. he loves Elvis. But and... he's a very good actor anyway, yeah. and this is 2007, so... He's already kind of been doing movies at this point anyway, but this kind of movie, like, you, we always see it, you know, we saw it with Vin Diesel doing a movie with, like, kids, you know, fun movie. I haven't seen it, but I've, I've known he's done it. Mm -hmm. Hulk Hogan did something similar. So we've seen these big, you know, macho dudes doing some of these kiddie movies because they want to try to broaden their acting careers outside of their action films or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, watching Dwayne do this, and he's got a very good comedic style that works. Like, I mean, it, 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 he, the chemistry, and I actually watched an interview with Rock and Madison at the time when they were, when she was younger, doing an interview, and they were just very, their chemistry just together was very good. Like, they, you know, she would hug him, you know, in real life, just mm -hmm. hug him while he's doing the interview, saying that, you know, you know, do, Dwayne was just so supportive and very good, and you know, and she was she was a very smart kid, and she laughed the same way. She's like, <laughs> well, with her, she's like the best 
in that movie. Oh my god. Like Yeah, the thing is like she can act. Like mm-hmm. there there is no doubt about it. like I don't know what she's done since then. Uh Madison Pettis, that's her name. And uh you know the the chemistry between her and Johnson are, are fa- is fabulous. Like and it, it's kind of funny there's this scene at the beginning where Kyra Cedric who plays uh, Dwayne's agent, or you know, the uh, yeah, his agent Joe King is his character. Joe, yeah, should have said no, Joe. <laughs> I'm number one in the field, I'm number one in your hearts. But Cedric plays his agent, so she's already being called over because uh, Peyton is the young girl, shows up at her, her his door saying that she's his daughter, and he's like, What, huh? What? I don't know, daughter. What are you talking about? So, there's a moment where Kyra Cedric's character is like, oh, you know, I think Joe goes, do we look anything alike? And then he's smiling and got the big eyes, and she does the same thing, and they look almost identical. She's like, no, yeah. clearly not. <laughs> right, but in real life, like, they're two actors, like, they, they literally look like they're related. That's how... Like, yeah, they, she could be his, his daughter. And we've, we've, and we've talked about how casting choices are important, mm-hmm. so that was, like, a very good casting choice. Not just with how she acts, but just like how she looks compared to the Jock, the Johnson, and, the Johnson. And I'm gonna call the, him the Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> they they and they just kind of play off each other so much, like perfectly. And you know, <laughs> when she first comes in, and she's like, "You have a bulldog, come here." <laughs> He's like, "Get off!" He's a vicious killer. She's like, "Yeah, yeah he's, he's gonna lick, lick me, me to death." death. Yeah, the premise of this is basically uh, Johnson plays Joe Kingman, who's like the number one quarterback on the Boston Rebels uh, football team. And right now in his life, he's very self-centered, egotistical. He's got all the money. He's got all the glory. He dates like 21-year-old models. So he's got like, um, you know, when he has these parties over his house, everyone leaves, they have families or whatever, and he's kind of left alone. So... He knows that, but he likes that lifestyle. And then, of course, Peyton comes into his life, so things are getting a little bit different. So, to, at one point, he takes her to an opening of his restaurant and forgets about her when he goes home, has to come back. And that's, like, bad publicity for him. Right, because he's like, who takes a kid out until 3 in the morning? But then you can see right away how not only the characters, but the actors themselves are so good because he's got to do what we'd see in real life with a press conference to try to smooth this over with the reporters and the journalists. And he's there, and he's like, yeah, you know, for now on, we're just going to be in bed early, you know, and then he's trying to leave, and the journalists are like, yeah, whatever, this is, like, stuff we hear all the mm-hmm. time. But then Peyton's, like, grabbing a mic. and she's like, Right, so she's this cute little girl. She's very endearing. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to be the one going to bed early from now on. So she's, like, kind of making fun of her dad at that point. But she's very smart, too, because she hugs her dad at the end there to give him some good shots with the cameras. And and Rox is like, you know. That was great. He's like, that's great. You, and she's like, you're going to owe me big time. Yeah, yeah. Or it's going to cost you yeah. big time. yeah. yeah. And so, like, that clip you heard with the, uh, what happened the same night, um, she wasn't drinking margaritas, but she knew how to play because they wanted to give her a nanny because Joe didn't want to take the responsibility initially to watch her. Uh, she didn't want the nanny, so she was playing with Joe Kingman and his agent saying, 
yeah, you know, margarita, had my head spinning, and they're like, you wouldn't. And, of course, she says, try me. <laughs> so she's a very smart girl. Uh, now, keep in mind, she's was supposed to go somewhere else while her guardian, who everyone thinks at this point is her mother, goes to Africa to do some uh, charity work or whatever. She was providing clean water to um, a village. Right. So... Peyton kind of goes off course. She doesn't go where she's supposed to. She seeks out her dad because she's found these letters from her mom uh, stating who Joe was to her, her dad and whatnot. So she wanted to meet her dad. He doesn't know this for quite a while in the film, but as the film goes on, you know, she's supposed to do ballet school, so she takes her to a ballet school that's headed by Rosalind Sanchez's character. Still very beautiful. Uh... And very sm- and again, her acting and the chemistry is great too because of the quips. So like, there's a moment where she's Joe is trying to like pawn her off, pawn the kid off on her to babysit, and she gets kind of angry about it. So she she can speak Spanish fluently. So she's like she starts going to this Mexican Spanish rant. She's like, <laughs> she has to calm herself down and then speak in English. It's just it's really cute. It's fun. If she says a ballet would be easy, we'd be calling football. <laughs> Yeah, because Joe goes, do you know who I am? I'm Joe Keeman. I'm no one in the field, no one in your heart. She's like, well, I'm such and such, and I run a ballet school, and I'm the one that decides whether or not your kid dances here. And then she she was very sweet. The, they had a really... Monique Vasquez, that's her character name. And she, um, you can tell that they all, they all had a really good time filming this, too, because, as you know... At the end, they were, um, you know how they sometimes do those little sing-alongs? Bloopers and stuff, and, yeah. yeah. so they did that at the end. and every- Yeah, because Johnson, and clearly, I think if I've read in the past, he's a big Elvis mm-hmm. Presley fan. So. That's why I'm saying this was not hard for him to play. And I don't care. I love the fucking movie. We watch the shit out of it all the time. Yeah, night. the reality is there's... You know, there's some football in it, but not a lot of it. You're like, it's not really a football movie per se. It's just the growth between uh, a father who started out one way and turned into something else towards the end. And it's pretty old now, so we can give away spoilers here, so it's not a big deal. But there's a point at the end when Peyton finally admits to Joe that she ran off and she was supposed to leave before her guardian got back. She's like, I have to beat her home. Like, and she ate, she ate some dessert that had peanuts in it, and she was allergic to it, and Joe wasn't paying attention. He thought she was faking, so she started breaking out. And of course, Joe is actually running with her to the hospital, which is like a few blocks down the road. But it's so packed where they were, because of everyone celebrating their uh, championship game, not the Super Bowl, but the, the championship mm-hmm. to, to get there. So, you know, obviously the doctors take care of her, and Peyton's okay, and then comes in, which is turns out to be... Peyton's mother's sister, who's been looking after because at that point, we thought that it was Peyton's mother that was in Africa. So then it explained by the sister, Karen, that uh, Peyton's mother had died six months prior, and Joe did not know this. And so now he kind of understands why Peyton had seeked him out and the shit that she was going through. And she was asking Joe all these questions, too, to try to get to know him. Right. And... Yeah, it was like, uh, you know, her way of trying to bond with her father. 
you have this thing where, like, you know, of course, the custody thing there, because Karen is very upset, of course, because she expected Paige to be in one place and not plastered over magazines in New York or Boston, Boston. Where, where they were. So, but eventually, you know, when Joe goes to play the final game of the year, he's not doing very well mentally. You know, he's just, he gets hurt for a hot second, so he's in the halftime. He's like, Kind of given up, really. He's he's really sad about Peyton not being there because he doesn't. Well, you're, you're you're forgetting one main point. You know, she's in the hospital, and Kira Cedric is on the phone, and she keeps talking about like what a big distraction that Peyton is. Yeah, and... that that really plays a big part because Peyton really wants to be with her dad, but Kyra Cedric is looking out for her client, so you know everything's about money. So and how the image is and so she she's not very socially aware about kids and family she's you know she's a career woman basically so and i'm i love kyra cedric we loved her ever since her days in closing the closer so you know she's a great actress so she's obviously there telling her person on the phone because she thinks the kid's sleeping and says the things that you just said Mm -hmm. that you know, Joe can't afford this, really. And then that's when Peyton decides that she's going to go home, even though she's very upset about it, clearly. But Joe thinks it's more about her being mad at him than what the situation really is. But as the, as we said, it'd be down, the game starts going on. He gets hurt. He takes himself out at halftime, leaving the guy who hasn't played a down all year <laughs> to try to carry the team. <laughs> so Joe is pretty much given up at that point, and... Peyton and Karen show up in the locker room, and she's funny as hell again. The little girl, she's like, you got money on the Giants or something? Or whatever it was. You got money on New York or something, Joe? Yeah, so, you know, he's happy to see her, and then they talk, and then they decide that, you know, she does belong in his life, and they're all happy. Then he goes back out, wins the game. And she, my dad never says no. Right. That was his big big line. He's like, Joe never says no. But you forgot to tell him about how they, she conned him into being a tree in in the ballet. This is Monique Vasquez. She's like, uh, I need you to be involved with your kid. And she's teaching this ballet, which are getting ready to do a show. So she decides that she's going to use Joe Kamen as his big tree and teach him, like, you know, minimal dancing moves, which he does very well. You know, it works. Uh, his job is to be freakishly large and, and catch people. Right. And, of course, there's funny bits between that when he's training because he thinks that ballet is not a sport. So he's getting put through the ringer and he's, like, sweating and dying. <laughs> he's like... <laughs> you know, more than he would when he's at practice. So it's kind of funny that she's, you know... Rosalind Sanchez character, she's just like, yeah, it's nothing. Come on. We, we stand on our toes for hours. But yeah, we make it look graceful. Right. So anyway, the funnier part about that is by the time they get to the show, the rest of the team is there. They watch him. They're all kind of busting on him because he's got these tights on and, you know, he looks funny and he's all nervous. And So finally, when the show happens, it's a very well-produced show. It's very nice. Great costumes and it's well done and uh, it Everybody wins, did a good it, job. Yeah, it wins the team over basically, and they're all clapping and singing praises. And, and the ki- and the team, like all of his teammates, they love, love Peyton. Peyton. Yeah, like she She's became a mascot basically for the team. She came to practices when she wasn't at ballet. When she was sick in the hospital, they came in to bring her presents. And his one um, receiver 
he um uh, Joe at the beginning was kind of it was New Year's Eve and he was kind of giving him a hard time like uh you know oh you got to go home he's like yeah I want to go home with the wife and kids before midnight so I can you know celebrate New Year's with them yeah and then at the end like when he's talking to his receiver he's like Sanders thank you for for catching everything I ever thrown to you and then um like he got the big winning catch at the yeah, end. Yeah, that, that was the thing that we didn't talk about is that, you know, early on Joe is very egotistical, so he's all about himself. So even if he had receivers open down the field for touchdowns, he would just run like 20 or 30 yards and score. So the team was winning, but, you know, the rest of the team really wasn't that involved as much as they would like to be. So when Peyton is forced away from him because of what happened at the hospital, He's watching game film. He's like, "Oh, he's wide open, wide open, Joe. Joe. You could have just thrown it to him." And you know, that's it's, it's again more learning from the Kingman character about not only his personal life but his life with his team and what it really means to be a champion and whatnot. So, uh, it, it's a lot of good story in there. I mean, it's just it's a lot of. I fun. am so surprised that it has such low ratings. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I was so surprised at what the scores were. I could not believe it. Let me see. Pull it up. Okay, well the audience was better than I thought. For it some was, reason. Okay, so it's 69 But still, audience. that's very low for audience. Because that, that movie to me is very entertaining. Like, I don't know why it would even be that low. Now granted, that's 250,000 ratings, but to me, this is you know, if I were to take all of Dwayne Rock's movies, this would be this would be one number highest, one. Yeah, it'd be way up there. Like, there's just like I like him in the Fast and the Furious stuff, but it's not even as good as this mm-hmm. particular movie. Uh, we can sit and watch this forever, like time and time again, no problems. And it's it's one of these movies that I compare to like movies like Airborne or something like that where I, I literally can just throw it on and I'll watch it regardless. If I can be halfway through the movie and I'll still watch it till the end just because I love that movie. Very Aww. fun movie. Very fun movie. So I kind of like have been having some hard times at work and it was my turn to pick this week and I'm like I don't care. Yeah you were uh, having a mental block with that and you know, I, I mean, I threw out some ideas. That was one of them, I think. Uh, I was like, I don't even want to watch anything. You pick. So he picked this, and it's something I want, haven't watched in a little while, and it's something I want. But we're still considering her pick. Oh, no, we're not. We're Because he picked it, so I get to pick something next week. No, you failed. You big fail. Big F on the forehead. I don't think that's fair. It's fair, because it was your week. Yeah, but you picked it, not me. But you weren't going to pick anything. I needed something. See, this is where we're at, folks. She doesn't want to take credit for a great movie like this. Which she probably would have picked down the road anyway. I would. (laughs) Yeah, see. Because I I was like... I I went through all the trouble of getting that other movie... 
in a position where I can actually watch it now. We're watching that next week. We are going to watch it. I don't even know if I'm going to like it. But... Uh, well, but see, that's why we do this. Because you may not like it. And that's why, if you don't, you can say all the reasons why. I was... What movie was... You didn't care about the spirit. That's what I want. I don't, I don't want you just liking shit for the sake of liking it. I want you to watch it and say, oh, yeah, this is, like, fucking hot garbage. <laughs> I even tried to really, like... It was the spirit was a hard one for me because it was so terrible, but it was filled with amazing actors, and I'm like, I guess you can only do so much with yeah. If what you're, you're given, if you're not giving them good scripts and but what he and I the guy the guy who did it had done 300 and Sin City, and he was relying solely on the aesthetic of it all, and it was nicely shot. It had that cartoonish look to it. Uh, but yeah, you have Scarlett Johansson in there, uh, Eva Mendes, Samuel Jackson, who was a joke. Gabriel um, Max. Max. Um, it, it, it's just for me, if it's a movie that I don't care for, what I try to do, or if it's something where I'm not like super interested, what I try to do is read up about it a little bit while we're watching it, and that's when I learned. Um, you know, the director was really, literally trying because the spirit's a very old comic strip right. that was in, in in a newspaper, and I was trying. You know, I was learning about the director. I guess he had a love for it. He was trying so desperately to recreate the comic strip almost frame for frame in some scenes, and stuff like that is interesting to know. Even though it, I hated the movie. And well, that's the best part is like I like how you go back and research stuff and find out like when we did uh, Perdita Durango, mm -hmm. you know, I didn't even know, it didn't even really click to me that that was actually a sequel to. Well, it's not really a sequel. It's part because well, it's a series. Well, it, it's a side story. So mm -hmm. basically one character from Wild at Heart. Because that Wild at Heart, uh, that Perdita was apparently in the movie and in the book for like a little while, but right. that's like her story going on after. Right. So yeah, uh, that's but this one we didn't even do that with this one. We love everything about this yeah, one. There's no, you don't have to get really, you don't have to really dive into anything with this because it's it's it is what it is. It's a Disney movie. It's fun. Uh, it's very funny. The chemistry and the acting is top notch. Uh, we actually looked at the recent photos of the young girl Madison Pettis, who grew up to be a very lovely young lady. You know, it's just, it's it's amazing how much time has passed, but we still love this movie so much, and it's so timeless. And for us, where she's always going to be a little eight-year-old Peyton, but now she's like, what, yeah, if I an met adult? Her, if we met her, we'd be like, you know, can you just, like, be this little girl for us again? Can you say, try me? <laughs> try me. Yeah. I would love to get her to do that in an interview. That'd be so funny. All right, well, let's get back to our music. Uh, we're going to crash through to our end here. So we've got some stuff from Against PR, Everlasting Spew Records. Got some Inborn Tendency. They just sent me actually this track in an email called God Killer. So that's coming up. Kick it off though with some classic Omen. This is called Red Horizon. And we'll be back in a few, folks. Strip you of your dignity I could 
Hey, DJ Anubis here, and I want to say if you dig all things Godzilla and KG related, then check out the YouTube channel of the Sci-Fi Century. He has great reviews, opinions, and theories in the world of sci-fi horror, anime, and of course everyone's favorite comic breeding lizard, Godzilla. Century provides great commentary when both having a special guest on his shows as well as the collaborations with the big teddy bear, that fat samurai guy. So if you want to keep it raw, real, tune into the Sci-Fi Century. That's S-C-I-F-I-S-E-N-T-R-Y. Sci-Fi Century. Tune in to get the best in science fiction and Godzilla-related information. Peace.
<laughs> DJ Nimbus and DJ Neko getting ready to close out another edition of Hordes of Chaos hope you all enjoyed it a lot of fun doing it as usual Many we always things. have fun with each other oh so uh, what do we have coming down the pike planned for our upcoming shows um we will rewatch the one movie that we're <laughs> trying to figure out. You know, I want to add to that um, itinerary. Um, you know, I I always joke about this, but there's there's been a couple of movies where I I and you've had it happen to you too. Like you're you're what like with the life of Pi, you're like watching it very literally yeah and you're not reali realizing that it's more like a metaphor and an allegory i i did the same thing with fucking fight club yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like we're really just watching some man's mental illness is is that what what i'm watching here he's beating the shit out of himself like i i don't understand but i feel like we should add to our well this movie that we watch isn't quite as nuts like that but it does have some things that you have oh to, it was irritating me because you have to pay attention to it because like if you turn your wet head away or you're not catching things like well let's let's put it this way it's about twins so people look the same so i'm like is yeah it, you were getting lost like what timeline i was we like what with? yeah what timeline are we on is that so-and-so or the other so-and-so and i feel like part of it too is because it was in subtitles and you kind of miss a little bit yeah of, that's troubling too that's why like like even if i go back to brotherhood of the wolf like you you know, it was fine. I could watch it with subtitles, but it's so much easier when you're not having to worry about that part of it. I know people get annoyed with uh, dubbing and stuff, but if dubbing's done fine, like, you know, we're not talking like, you know, old art, martial arts movies. We're talking like modern day stuff. So dubbing is usually pretty good. I feel like, too, yeah, because you get the vocal inflections. Because now what you're trying to do is you're trying to read, watch what's going on, and then hear how they're, like, you, if you're reading I'm so scared and it's in a different language you might pick up with like I'm so scared like I'm literally frightened right. or oh I'm so scared like sarcastic but you don't really kind of get it because they're speaking a different language with a different type of inflection where they could be saying it sarcastically instead of saying it like oh I'm, I'm genuinely terrified so I want to kind of piggyback on that review. Maybe we can touch on a few movies that, you know, really made us... Another one for me is fucking Inception. We watched it... Um, that, Vanilla Sky, all we, those movies. Well, like, we watched Inception. I'm trying to think when it was, um, maybe a year or so ago. We just kind of caught it, and it happened to be at the beginning and it was on TV, I think. I don't even think we sought it out. It was when we had that Hulu. Well, I do own it now. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so we watched it. And then, like, we watched it all the way through. And I was like, oh, so I, that, that old man 
beginning and I'm like he's like trapped and I'm like almost like like yeah it's like three levels mm, and, five yeah so many so many different things going on with that but so uh, for me I was just that I would really like to touch on that while we're um while we're hitting it with uh with this next movie because it takes sometimes to find a movie where you're you're you might need a little bit of What's the word? Research or, or a learning or, oh, yeah. or crib sheet or whatever you want to call it. Cliff kind notes. Of, cliff notes. <laughs> yeah, so we, we'll have you know that to go back over, which should be fine. Um, like I said, we're going to try to catch up with Edgar Allan Poet for a little bit. Uh, there's an article I want to get to musically. And then, of course, our pick of the week. Uh, we'll be talking about as well. So we got we got plenty in the works there. We're trying to set up um, some interviews with uh, bands. Yeah, we're going to try to deal with Grishka down the road. We still need to try to get in touch with uh, Buffalo Bill's house. I want to talk to that guy again. And we'll, we'll touch on that once we get in touch him. with him because I, I have no words how excited I am as soon as online booking happens. I want to be the first person. First one in line. So, we've got some good things coming. Um, How do we not, like, go there to that end and, like, not start quoting shit all day? That's <laughs> what they're going to want. You know that. Like, they posted on their... Don't hurt my dog! <laughs> you better not hurt my dog! You don't know what pain is! <laughs> We laugh. It's like it's a serious movie. It's a very serious, scary movie, and we're laughing at it. But they, um, he is so active on. See, I, I don't, I, I don't go on TikTok. I went on it like one time, but there's a lot of people getting more and more involved on TikTok. But he puts a lot of his TikTok videos on Instagram, and occasionally I'll catch it. And I think all those things kind of sync up now, right. and that might be why. But today he um today he received a death head moth decoration that oh, someone wow. handmade for the inn and so you're still seeing him post up mm -hmm. that's good because i haven't been in touch with him i have his card somewhere but and um while he was like putting it up the goodbye horses music was like he had the he was like showing it and playing goodbye horses in the background i was like this is gonna be the best night of my life i can't wait yeah so we got that coming out we got a lot of good stuff coming up so we'll uh we'll keep you all updated was she a big fat woman <laughs> <laughs> gonna close out this episode with a last track by one of the best albums ever made elvin frisk by lacathia flame Land where sympathy is air. And we'll see y'all next time. Peace. Bye.
Not really, but I just have more than the sound. 